This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to Conversations with Sam Dean. I'm Sam Dean and I'm excited to have you here to explore the conversations that accountants and advisors can have with their clients to cultivate business mastery. All the notes and links for the show can be found at blueprinthq.com.au slash podcast. Let's start a conversation. Hello and welcome back everybody to Conversations with Sam Dean. We've taken a short break over the last couple of weeks and we're now back in full force to support you guys. I want to start this one off with saying well done. I think that the last four to six weeks has been the most momentous that I've ever seen and I've been doing this for 30 years and particularly around the JobKeeper legislation and the the tight time frame to take that really from a piece of legislation to actually executing it, particularly in this period. I'm recording this on the 24th of April, but it will be released um, after the 30th, which is obviously a big deadline, particularly around the April. So I want you to take a moment and for all those tax accountants out there and give yourself a real pat in the back for what's happened. This is the biggest piece of legislation that has ever come down and it has been done, you know, and on an urgency level. And I think everyone has responded really well. And I know that there's a lot of fatigue and exhaustion out there, but I think we need to take a moment and really congratulate yourselves on what you have done. So on the back of that too, and also on the fact that um, why the JobKeeper legislation was super important, there's obviously a lot of other stuff going on and as an industry, we really need to meet not only the disruption that, that has just happened, but the ongoing disruption that our shift to our new normal will actually look like. So how can we use this time of extreme disruption to pivot our businesses so we can then meet any disruption head on and maybe get some of those changes that we know we've had to have in the past into our businesses and um, help our people to pivot on the change. So the idea is that um, I'm going to work through a series around efficiency and effectiveness and how to give you some clarity in these times of uncertainty around very focused topics. Today's first one, though, is very much around some tips and efficiencies on how we can actually preserve our energy and, um, dare I say, sanity going forward. I am talking, obviously, to a lot of accountants and the tax accountants that are in our practice as well as to what's going on and what they need right now. And this is, as I said earlier, is an extreme situation. But I want to try to give you some fairly um, quick tips on what we can do. First up, number one is let's stop and take a breath. The last four to six weeks has been intense. And we need to give ourselves a moment to say, well done. So the first tip is that we have to be compassionate with ourselves. And while you can hear other people saying it, you need to also give yourself some self-compassionate here as this was unprecedented. 
The good news is is that we know how to do hard sprints and we do them all the time with the lodgement deadlines, etc. that see us through normal years. And we also know that the fatigue and the rest that we need after these to gear up for the next one. So one of our main goals in um, Blueprint HQ is to help firms flatten this out, this shift up and down to, you know, go forward. Now, we've just had an extreme example of this, which, of course, has also come in time for our May hit in lodgement deadlines and et cetera. And obviously, with the other stimulus packages breaking down, we've got the planning. So it's how do we actually use some of those skills that we need to actually control some of the stuff that has been out of our control right now and how do we actually maintain our energy going forward right now because this is not a sprint that we're in and it's not a lodgement sprint that we're in. This is a marathon. There's so much change going through, not just in legislation and with JobKeeper, but as accountants, we're going to also have to then help our clients, perhaps not just from a tax point of view, but also from a strategy and other ways, you know, going forward as well. And, you know, my feeling is this won't be the last time that we have legislation coming down um, reasonably quickly, etc. too. So how can we actually maintain our and preserve our energy when in this time of intensity and level out some of the urgency? You know, the other things we've also had to do is maintain staff mental health and motivation and keep on top of some of our clients' queries. So I've just got some small tips, soft tips, and then I'm going to go into some more pragmatic ones. But the first one is be compassionate to yourselves. This is unprecedented, so stop for five minutes and personally say, wow, look at what I've achieved As professionals, we can be super hard on ourselves and we don't spend some time to really sit back and look at what has actually been done in the last um, six odd weeks and what we've actually achieved, which we've never achieved before. So take a moment personally to sit back and be compassionate with yourselves. Also, just from a daily, make some small spaces within your day to stand up and walk around. I know this sounds very simple, but we have completely changed the way we work. And while we used to, you know, in the office, spend a lot of time in front of our computer, we did have space, you know, to go out to lunch with friends or even even the walk to the loo has, you know, cut down. And we're also getting in high demand, and I don't think we've um, – so, you know, when you take calls, maybe walk around when you don't need your computer. And then we need to take some breaks away from our screens. There's a lot of stuff coming out now, and I'm talking to a lot of people who are feeling even more fatigued. And a lot of that is because we are spending all, a lot of time in front of screens. When we had, we used to have you know meetings face to face, and now we're doing it in teams. We're meeting our team on teams, etc. So take some time to really move away from the screens. I've um, invoked that I don't look at any screens on a Saturday whether it be my phone or whatever, and that seems to have helped a little bit. And the last one on the softer stuff is we have to take some time off. I am talking to a lot of people, colleagues and peers, and I am honestly a bit guilty of this myself over the last four or five weeks, but we have to take some space. And I'm not talking about going on the two-week holiday here. Obviously, that's absolutely not possible, but we need to take some time to get back what we 
do. And whether that's just a Saturday morning or all day on the weekend, we need to create some space and take some time off and really let ourselves get some good sleep, if that's possible, and spend some time doing things that we enjoy, whether that be playing with the kids, dancing up your hallway, walking your dog or getting outside. You need to take some time. Obviously, up to the 30th of April, that's going to be difficult to do, but you need to take some time, even if it's smaller spaces of time. There's a lot of research around this. The more we work, and I've seen people and I've spoken to people who are working up to 70 or 80 hours, if we burn out, and it's been very proven that working those sort of times actually makes you less efficient. And remember, you know, one of the the ideas is that we become more efficient. There's obviously a lot of pressure. So I want to try to see if we can ease this with some more pragmatic approaches that we might be able to because some of those things that are obviously happening that are causing us to not be able to take time is the perceived urgency with clients, the perceived urgency also from our staff and trying to keep them actually up to date with what's going on, but also help them with their mental fatigue and the pressure we also, with the perceived urgency, put on ourselves and that we have to have this done by a certain time and we have to be responding and responding to everybody all the time. So let's talk about some conversation rules and some conversation structure that you can put in for every single conversation that you're having. When somebody actually rings you, ask them what it's about. And if it is, get them to be very specific in what they're actually asking you today. And if they can't be specific, you'll need to then dig down a little bit more and keep asking questions to actually understand what the problem is. So until you know exactly what problem you're trying to solve in the conversation, you can't continue effectively. Now, once you've established the problem that they're outlining, and quite often this could be different from what they live with. So in the JobKeeper instance, um, up until very recently, we obviously haven't had the results. So asking the questions, you know, am I eligible to it? That's not the problem you might be solving. It's like, why do they want to see, you know, what are they actually panicking about and could you help them with that problem straight away. Once you've established a problem and it's not something that's simple to solve or you don't actually know how to solve it, it is okay then to ask for permission to say, hey, that's a very complex problem or we can't solve that problem right now. Could I give you a call back or send you something when we can solve it? So then you can basically, particularly if you can do the email route there, it's then you know, so you can collate this information and you can be a little bit more efficient because you might be able to then answer a lot of people with the same type of response. If it's then something that you might be able to solve, but it's going to take a significant amount of time, it's more than okay to ask permission to say, hey, um, complex problem, I'm not really geared to answer it right now, could I give you a call tomorrow at 10 o'clock? And then you create the space that that is going to happen rather than just continually spinning around. The other area where we need to really frame up and actually have some more structures around is obviously with our staff and then meetings that we're having. It's very important, again, to very much set the mini agenda to every meeting that we're having and the information that we're getting out. I'm finding that when we're doing um, internal meetings is that you'll have the purpose of the meeting might be to look at... 
you know, how we might have better meetings. And then it will divulge into, you know, what's happening with JobKeeper and et cetera, et cetera. So it's very important right now, more so than ever, to really every time you go into a meeting, particularly with a lot of people, to outline what's the purpose of the meeting, what are we going to cover, how long it's going to take, and what success looks like, and then set rules around what, you know, you can or can't discuss. Now, if interesting things come into that meeting that do need further discussion, then it's, okay, we are going to then discuss, we really do need to delve into X a bit more, but we've only got half an hour right now and I know other people have meetings. Let's make another appointment for tomorrow at 10 and everybody, anybody who's that topic really is interested, come to that meeting. The purpose of that meeting will be to discuss whatever was discussed and give a time frame. It's really important for us to really start framing up some time around these meetings, whether they be quick telephone calls that turn into three quarters of an hour or um, or more with clients or staff, check-in meetings that are going way over or training because there's a lot to discuss right now. And it's also obviously geared with the fact that people do want to talk more at the moment too. So it's very important for us to get a lot of efficiency around this. And it also is an effectiveness play as well because you might then be missing, if you're taking over time with some of these meetings, missing you know, more important calls or whatever. And it gives people framework and boundaries, which I'll talk about in the next next area. And another thing, lastly, with conversations is, again, and I go back to the beginning of the podcast to hear the conversations that we're having with ourselves. We have to be quite forgiving and you have to be listening to what's going on in your head and making sure that you're checking in with the purpose of some of the conversations that you're having with yourselves and you're not, you know, giving yourself a hard time when you really just need to be compassionate. Okay, so the next thing, we've travelled off on conversations and actually some of those skills go into the next one, which is around boundaries. So we need to be setting time within our day around boundaries because I think that particularly the at-home, and I know I've had trouble with it and had to, you know, really this week sit down and, and see where they are, particularly as legislation and everything comes on, you do need good space to actually do the work. And no matter how important is those clients' calls coming in, the client that you're working with right now is just as, if not more important, and that's with the staff and everything. It's very distracting. So I'm sure, and what I've heard, is that I start the day and I finish the day and I have no idea what I actually did or I wanted to achieve this today and I didn't. Um, You need to create some space. So don't go all out and just block the whole day. Obviously, that might not be appropriate at the moment. But some of the effective um, areas of setting boundaries is just put an hour aside, put your phone on, I'm on a call or whatever you want to, however you want to do that. Um, put a block, uh, put a email responder on as well. Say, hey, I'm, I'm actually with clients. Um, and that is true on your actual email. So people then have the expectations of when you might be getting back to them. I would suggest, like I have in previous past, suggest that you're only responding to emails at certain times of the day and you actually turn off your notifications. So where at the moment is there's just too many notifications going on as well. So we've got our email notifications on our computers. If anyone's using um, Teams or Slack or whatever that might be, you're getting those constant pinging as well and people have your mobile number so you'll have either texts or calls coming in there and this is very distracting some of the work that we're doing right now is super important we need our focus and it's very 
fatiguing and distracting, having this constant pinging, if you like, going on. So you wonder why you get to the end of the day and you're so tired and you haven't really done anything. So set some boundaries, whether that's turning off notifications for a certain period of time, putting an autoresponder on your email, then turning them off, and then also your phone. The same rules that used to apply should still apply now. And if you hadn't had those rules in, now is the time to start it. Again, not big blocks of time, but make sure that you're setting boundaries around your time for both yourself and everybody else as well. And the last thing is, after conversations and boundaries but still lie in it, is that one source of information and also when we actually start responding to the information. So first step, and I think I covered it off a couple of weeks ago, was make sure you only have one source of information. In our firm, our senior uh, tax advisor, all the information goes through him and then he will tell us what the response should be. So we're not getting pinged all the time. There's some great Facebook groups and everything out there who are got peers, uh, accountants talking. You know, choose just one of those and be very aware, uh, careful of who you're listening to all the time. It's like any type of news. Everyone's having these conversations and we might get lost in them. Now, the second tip on this is not just only using one or two sources of information that you, you trust. When you've got legislation or things coming down fast like it is now, is that we do spend a lot of time analysing and trying to solve things that can't yet be solved. That's our natural expert space as well. And we're in an unprecedented time here in that what we do every day hasn't been proven. So legislation's coming down that would normally take 18 months or more, and we would have tested it, we would have had a conversation, we would have peers that we can talk to who've done it before. And as experts, this is quite hard because we're used to um, relying on our years of expertise around something. Those who are more in the advisory space who um, do growth work or, or what I would call agile start of, uh, stop of work who are used to looking into uncertain times that aren't legislation-based are obviously a little bit more used to this type of uncertainty. So what is this might be very hard to do but it's important that you do is really don't start trying to solve problems until you have all the information that is required to actually solve them because it comes, goes back um, when we talk about in the planning mindset when we're looking at you know starting a job no matter what it is you don't want to start a job before you have all the information or at least 95% of it so we've been solving problems you know that are being dripped fed by the government and the media more, more often than not and then we're responding to clients pinging us on it but we can't solve the problems because we actually don't have all the information. Therefore, it's really important that you don't spend much time and you're only solving the problems that you can solve with the information coming forward. And, of course, occasionally, of course, that's going to be that the, all the information we have, we have to go with. So we don't have a perfect thing, but it's, it's at what that point. But, you know, over the last few weeks, I've seen like, quite a few people spinning and I know I've done this myself you know as all information is dripped fed and I thought I saw a great comment on one of the Facebook pages the other day who basically said oh well it would have been great if the government had just dropped it in one hit and this would have been obviously the fantastic thing because there were things changing all the time but we can't control this particularly in this media driven world but what we can control is do I have as much information as I need right now 
So that's a really important tip, particularly as we go forward into uncertainty. If you, from an expert point of view, legislation, etc. point of view, if you don't have all the information and you know it's coming, don't solve the problem. Don't spend much time on it at all. So therefore, wait till that is and then solve it. It is super much more efficient and we have lots of other stuff that we could be doing right now anyhow and you'll be more clear. You'll have clarity. And when you have clarity, that helps with fatigue and everything that we're talking about too. And then the other thing, of course, is when these sort of urgent things are happening all the time, we tend to then put on hold other stuff. So we're picking up and putting down, picking up and putting down. So if you can, as, you know, requested before, you know, that one source of truth, have one person dealing with the update and everything that that's going on and one person focused on one thing at a time, JobKeeper, and even if they're advising your clients to do that, so not everybody needs to be an expert on JobKeeper, and then focusing on the other important things as well. So have a look at if you can efficiently stop you know dropping so i'm going to assume at the moment obviously a lot of the tax planning the stimulus stuff ambassadors and everything have been dropped now that's not possible obviously for everybody to do that but you know try to stop the pick up and put down habits that we have so the quick two tips on that last one was try to solve the problem when we have all the information so you don't have to do it two or three times because eventually you will have all the information and You know, we've got to trust that the government read that legislation in time to actually do it. And then the second one is try to stop the pick-up and put-down as well. So as new things come in, we drop what we're doing and a new thing comes in and then we're constantly picking up and putting down during the day. Concentrate on what you've got right there in front of you, get that done, and then deal with the new thing. Or alternatively, as I said in the example, if you've got legislation, you've got the resources to do it, get one person concentrating on one thing at a time and get them to be the source and then everyone else is not picking up and putting down all the time. Okay, I hope some of those tips helped. Going forward, we're going to really work on the efficiencies that we need in our firm to make us a little bit more agile going into this complete time of uncertainty and we're going to really get down um, more into the business side of things, um, what we can do efficiency, and we're going to have a, a rollout of that. Next week's going to be around maybe looking if there are areas of efficiency. We've already covered off our big one. If you want to go back now and look at some of the renovate stuff that was done a couple of months ago on how to make more efficiency within our firm around what we do every day, which is so relevant And we're going to look at um, how to make that a little bit quicker, obviously, in this time. But next week is going to be a real focus on sometimes we know what to do and we might even know how to do it, but we need to look at who um, to do it. And sometimes the biggest efficiency player that we could have is actually getting someone else in to do it. And how do we actually look at that? And we're going to have a focus session around next week on bookkeeping. We're going to talk to someone who provides those services. Really interesting. Interestingly, so there's a two-tier in that to give you some, you know, headspace around bookkeeping, which is going to be obviously super important going through with some of these reporting issues and, you know, whether you actually do need to get that into your own firm or you can use somebody else or even tips and tricks on how to actually set that up to make it more efficient. And we're going to um, interview someone who's really good at that and um, go forward and then we're going to roll out 
some of the bigger areas. So if you have anything that you're particularly worried about at the moment, please drop us a line or give us a call. We're looking for topics as well that would help you. So um, if you want to um, give us a call, that would be fantastic. Contact us either through the website, blueprinthq.com.au slash contact us or give us a call. Drop me an email, sam at blueprinthq.com.au. look forward to any conversations that you would like to have, particularly on how we can really meet the disruption going forward and how we can be more agile so we can constantly meet disruption because this won't be our first crack at it. Now, as usual, be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au. And remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.